my bones. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, uh, everyone. Yeah. Just hi. to give you context, I am in charge of the podcast recording this week. <laughs> so that's exciting. I'm going to like purposely edit this really bad and then just go, yeah, it's Alex's fault. She was in charge of the of the recording this week. Asshole. I can well imagine. Obviously, you I'm just going to edit well. me saying that out. <laughs> <laughs> so no one will ever know. <laughs> it just comes back in with me talking shit about VR. Like, mm, that doesn't seem suspicious about uh, at all. No, <laughs> definitely no editing being done here. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm, 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 I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm attempting to save off boredom. Uh, oh yeah, struggling. So the product is the productivity and the creativity kick worn off now. Uh, it. It varies from day to day. I think like yesterday, I was having a bit of a day of self-reflection. I think I was like having like your little existential crisis that you had. Oh, always, yes. I'm like, oh, you know, because obviously we've everything going on and like rumblings are saying that this could go on for the best part of the the rest of the year, Um, Mm -hmm. which kind of foo bars everything just just a smidge. And you're like, okay, well, where? Just a little. Where's my income coming from now then? Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, well, maybe I was never good at this in the first place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, maybe this is the world telling me yeah. to yeah. sit down and shut up. This is the universe. Yeah, look, mate, I d- like, I've tried to tell you before, you're not really good at this. <laughs> and now I've had to throw a pandemic <laughs> at the world. <laughs> for you I don't hint. think that's true, but I totally understand why you would feel like that. And as someone who is very well versed with self-reflection and uh, <laughs> self-flagellation, I believe the word is, um, I totally, uh, totally get you. But I think, I think what's interesting is I was having a conversation with my dad about the fact that uh, we've well you, you probably have not to give your age away but you're a little bit older than me aren't you but I like we've not really lived through a recession for a long time no shade you see how I was like quickly moving on from that <laughs> <laughs> you're old anyway moving I am. on <laughs> I am I'm not even gonna deny it I am but like I don't know have you ever lived like did you can you remember the hardship is, of 2008 right, now this, or... this is this is getting a bit hard. 2008 uh yeah vaguely it, I, yeah <clears throat> it didn't like massively impact you well i wasn't no because i wasn't self-employed then <clears throat> back then so um yeah that that was that was back in the uh the old days when i had a, a reliable income each month that was it was lovely mm. and 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 was that like that wasn't affected at all during the recession you were like you were still good no i was fine i was fine i don't know oh that's all right then <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember it being anything major. I mean, obviously, it was on the news quite a lot, but I don't like it. Never affected me personally or anyone I I know. Or knew. so. I, well, I in that context, then it feels like we are in the same boat because I was just going to uni when that recession hit, and um, I think the thing that I keep kind of coming back to, and this is like a Gary Vee phrases like you don't really know what you're made of until you've been punched in the mouth like mm. I think it's based on like a boxer quote I think is it Muhammad Ali or someone a famous bo- Tyson yeah, yeah. I don't know someone said like you you everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth and like mm. this this is like obviously something that literally hasn't been seen for a century so how like literally no one <laughs> could have been prepared for this this is not a normal um yeah 
like just economic like breakdown but I think what's interesting is it is kind of this is our version of like this is our first kind of you know real test in our kind of professional careers and I think yeah I think there will be like a lot of hardship ahead and I think it will I don't know it makes me it makes me really quite glad in a, in a sense that I didn't try and scale up like a lot of VR companies like I don't know whether you saw the news about Magic Leap yeah, yeah laying yeah. off like half its mm-hmm. staff and it's like you know if, I don't know I feel like a lot of people in this industry and and good on them because you need visionaries and you need pioneers to like push the movement forward but um I think people can sometimes try and run before they walk in this industry mm-hmm. and this is going to be like a hard slog and I and uh and i think yeah i think this is our version of that like slow and steady trying to get through this and there will be like a lot of casualties along the way which is really sad because obviously we'll we'll know people in the in in the vr industry that will have to step away from it and that Mm. sucks but at the same time this is also a really interesting time to kind of reinvent what what we're doing it's funny we're like literally we're I was like, having my existential meltdown last time we recorded, and now you are, and now yeah. I'm the positive one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird because I, I was feeling like that yesterday, and then it, I, I started watching some of my old stuff back, and I was like, yeah, actually, you know, it's it's not as bad as I made it out to be in my head. <laughs> like, this is yeah. actually right. This kind of what do you mean, like old stuff, like VR stuff or traditional just stuff? A bit, or? Just a bit of everything, just a little bit of everything. I don't know. I was just kind of I was I don't know. I was in a weird mood. I think yeah and I was just like watching other stuff other people's stuff and I was like oh you know it looks really good I think shit in comparison but weirdly enough so uh it just shows how much of a difference 24 hours can make so Mm. this morning um because also this this kind of also coincides with the where am I (laughs) where am I going to get paid from next yes Um, yeah so this morning I got an email from a uh production company yeah uh, asking if I would be um, interested in licensing one of my Instagram posts to them for a commercial. No way! So yeah, that's that was, amazing. That's pretty crazy. Which, which so, post is it? Uh, it's just it's one of it's a three sixty one. Uh, it's mm. just like a it's technically it's a tiny planet, although it's not really a tiny yeah. planet because the camera's in a fridge. Um, but it's me yeah. looking into like my empty fridge. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they were they were interested in using it for a commercial. That's um, amazing. So it's pretty yeah, it was pretty crazy. And I was like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. I wasn't expecting yeah. like payment or anything like that. I just thought, oh, it'd be cool to be in a commercial, I guess. That'd be that'd be yeah. quite smart. And uh and then the guy emailed me back with a figure and I was just like, Holy shit. <laughs> like Oh really? Was it good? What were we yeah. talking? Uh, talking four figures? What were we talking? Oh no, no, we're, we're talking three figures. All right, nice. Okay, high figures, middle. Uh, we're middling, yeah, middle. Oh, nice. But that's for doing really nothing. cool. And is that... For doing nothing. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty, Crazy. isn't it? Is, is it a TV commercial? Yeah. It'll yeah, be. Yeah. It's interesting because the way that I mean, I don't know. It's been a while since I've been in the TV game, but like from what I remember, um, you could, if you wanted to, you could negotiate like residuals on that because every time the TV commercial is played, mm. uh, like for example, the music on a TV advert, yeah, every yeah, time yeah. it's played, someone gets royalty. So, um, I mean, obviously, if you're like, fuck yeah, I'm having this money and I'm not even going to question <laughs> it. But, um, but yeah, I know of, I have some people that, that do that. It's kind of like the, the, the sought after kind of passive, like, 
it's the high end stock stuff, isn't it? Mm. Basically, mm. it's like a bet, kind of a similar thing to that. Yeah, but it was quite interesting That's to see that. Did. So that that these uh, commercials are still being made, you know, despite everyone, you know, under quarantine. Oh yeah, it was interesting. I had a chat with um, a friend of mine. Well, say friend, like she's one of these people that I've I've only met in person once, but um, <clears throat> we were on we were on the drums 50 under 30 list together and we like met at like the kind of the the networking night that we had um and we've like vaguely stayed in touch online and anyway we for the first time for a while we like jumped on and had a chat and she works at a big creative agency mm. uh, in London and she was saying exactly the same thing like you know when 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 all of your income comes from productions like getting out on location and shooting she thought oh crap like this is not good but apparently they've had like tv commercials signed off which are going to be shot completely remotely mm. as in they're sending cameras to the actors the director will direct them over zoom mm. uh, and obviously all the the concepts around like even like just watching some of the tv adverts that are on at the moment it's quite interesting because they are yeah, all yeah. they're all relevant and it's like you think yeah it used to be that you would think that it'd take like months for a tv uh advert to be you know filmed edited and then you know get on tv but this just proves that the turnaround is super quick mm, mm. it's crazy it's but really it's quite cool be. it's yeah it's very um I don't know, it's a much needed innovative shake-up. I don't know whether you caught yeah. any of the um the big night in last night on on BBC. Nope. Did you watch any of it? Nope. Uh, it was like this big, like obviously they normally do comic relief and children in need, and they basically brought it together and did this mm-hmm. big live show. And I was like, I was thinking going into it, I was just fascinated on how they were going to pull that off because I was like, you know, those events are built on the fact that there are thousands of people in a studio audience. It's like huge productions massively interactive like mm. you know um and actually it was actually really good the ba- the way they did it was basically everything was done live over zoom basically they mm. had like three presenters who were distanced from each other in a studio but tiny tiny studio compared to what they would have and then mm. everything like they uh they brought back little britain and they were doing like sketches over zoom Catherine <laughs> tate like some of like these classic british sketch shows vicar dibley and they were all doing these like funny little um like zoom sketches and i just thought not that that is how it's going to be forever because people are used to a certain quality on, on yeah, yeah. tv but it just shows that like this is a really good opportunity to kind of reinvent creativity and like think outside of the box a little bit and go back to the idea itself rather than the tech that um that kind of delivers it oh yeah yeah definitely yeah it's it's there you it's go weird. it's a weird t- turn your uh, turn your uh, vr comedy uh, series into a um into a zoom web series yeah yeah <laughs> that's completely changed um so, speaking of which though, so yeah. things how yeah. things have uh changed obviously mm-hmm. you posted about the uh the stuff playing in tribeca the other day mm-hmm. and i was having a little little watch and stuff what did you yeah. think did you watch them all or yeah i watched most of them i i there was a there was like i would say 50 percent where i'm not gonna lie i did skip through them which I actually really Ali. enjoy about the fact that <laughs> I really enjoy that about watching stuff at home. Like, cause obviously in the, in the context of a festival, you wouldn't get the choice. You would have to sit there. And yep. yes, there is something to be said for like, you know, giving the artists the attention they deserve. But 
I actually really hate being in a headset for more than an hour. It hurts my head like really badly. It gives me a really bad headache. So, um, so I picked the ones like that I definitely knew I wanted to pay attention to. And uh, those were really what I was looking at were 360 pieces that were using interesting uses of direction mm-hmm. and content that I thought was more aligned with what I'm interested in, which is more kind of narrative based stuff rather than watching some of the documentaries and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I thought there was some fantastic pieces and I thought uh, there was definitely a couple of standouts for me but yeah I'll let you, uh, you I'll ask the question got, well, to you first on, I, I want to know what your standouts are um I think I know what well, they are anyway but for people yeah that... I mean I, I kind of already posted about them but yeah, yeah. Um, the standouts for me in terms of uh and again I was I was purely looking at it from like a kind of uh like a technical point of view like I don't know there's something about watching VR pieces I just can't I can't enjoy them as a consumer I just can't I just like mm. constantly analyze them I think that's the plague of anyone that works in a particular field you just can't unnotice stuff so for me it was um is it black bag is that yeah, what it's yeah. called yeah I thought that I mean definitely the opening three four minutes mm-hmm. I thought was absolutely genius yeah, yeah. I thought it was so simple but the use of like shadows to direct attention, mm-hmm. the use of like a constant moving camera, but like the ah, oh, I mean, for anyone who's not seen it, who's listening to this, basically you're kind of going down this like tunnel almost. Would mm-hmm. you say yeah, it's yeah. Kind of, yep. feels like this kind of never-ending tunnel? But you're like you're turning, and even like something, for example, where you turn a corner, but they don't force what the thing I enjoyed about it was it was purely using the audience's attention they didn't ever move the camera they didn't force your perspective Mm. and that's something that I've been really thinking about um and obviously that piece is um is not 360 in the terms of it wasn't filmed it was it was created in a game engine or or using After Effects something animating um (laughs) so that a bit more technical term term, animating um (laughs) I thought that was just absolutely phenomenal. Genuinely, like one of the best. I think that's probably one of the best uses of of directing in in a three sixty piece, like a passive three sixty piece mm-hmm. that I've ever seen. So that was awesome. Um, I really like Attack on Daddy just because I I found it was like one of the only pieces that kept my attention the whole way through. I thought it was like I I knew at some point someone was going to make a dollhouse related mm. VR piece and I hadn't seen one. So to watch it play out, knowing that like that would be the perfect kind of location for um for for a VR piece, I thought that was really funny and also just like it was just complete batshit bonkers, like which I enjoyed. Mm. <laughs> um and then the last one that I really kind of you know had like a lasting impact on me was the key which is not a 360 piece it was interactive Mm -hmm. but um it's one that's kind of like got a lot of critical acclaim and I hadn't gotten to see it yet so it was good to finally see it um and I'm not gonna lie I like um uh I think because I knew so much about it going into it and I kind of had already heard so much about it I definitely wasn't like you know immediately blown away but by the end especially the last scene which was so simple it was just a voiceover over this photogrammetry set of um spoiler alert a refugee kind of uh 
where well it's not a refugee camp it's basically where a, a, like a, a refugee would have come from like their home that had been bombed mm-hmm. and it was like a photogrammetry set and you could walk around it and i i've never actually seen anything um done in photogrammetry in a headset before i've only ever seen it like matterport scans and stuff mm-hmm. online so, honest to god it blew my mind i spent about a good 10 minutes just walking around just that mm. one it was just it was just one set and nothing was happening it was so good and i was like holy crap like okay i get it now like i get why the virtual tour industry mm. is going to be absolutely massive um so yeah those were my three big ones what about you tell me tell me about your stand up um so yeah i'd have to agree with you on a uh, black bag um mm-hmm. although i i probably should have read the synopsis before going in because okay i had no idea what was going on i was just like this is oh no me neither um (laughs) i still couldn't tell you what the storyline was (laughs) i mean i kind of got little bits and pieces um but it made more sense after like when i read the synopsis afterwards but um yeah like like you said that that opening three or four minutes um and yeah the the use of light and shadows to direct attention was uh was was pretty incredible um yeah and and a quite an eye opener actually um and the animation was really good as well i quite liked it it was uh the the style of the animation was um was was pretty interesting yeah it reminded Um, me of um kind of like that gorilla style do you remember the band the gorilla at gorillas and they had like some videos had that kind of style to it yeah yeah that's actually that's a good way to describe it actually yeah, no, it, it, look, it looks. Elizabeth, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, they should they should put <laughs> on a poster. Um, Thank you. It's basically, Gorillaz music video, but yeah. it's a thriller. <laughs> um, I must admit, I wasn't overly keen on Attack on Daddy. Yeah, you said this on Instagram, I, I thought and I that would be I a bit of me. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought that would be a bit. Yeah. I think, I think it's anything that's subtitled. I always find it's a little bit of a struggle. Uh, in terms of the placement of the subtitles, um, yeah, because some I found that sometimes the subs were a little bit out of the line of sight of where I assume that I'm meant to be looking. Um, mm, good point. Yeah, so that, that is a good point. That that threw me a little bit. Um, and also, I'm not a big fan of cats. So I don't want to see a giant cat. <laughs> that giant cat just staring at me i'm like no i don't i don't like this <laughs> oh i love that I don't, I don't want this at all um yeah it was just it was uh it was it was bizarre but then i don't know that i guess i kind of expected that but i don't know i just yeah. wasn't i wasn't overly overly keen um I, th- I I I totally agree with you. Just quickly on that one, I just I I think that um it's absolutely a piece where it's a novel to and not to trivialize yeah. that artist because I'm sure you know like honestly it, obviously there was a oh, lot yeah, that went I, into I it. I certainly appreciate the work that went into it. Absolutely. Yeah, but 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 I totally agree with you. It's kind of like um yeah you wouldn't go back and watch it again necessarily it was more yeah. like it was very it wasn't really the the storyline of what was actually being said it was it was for me anyway it was it was basically just the premise mm. that really hooked me because i was like ah yeah yeah that's good being attacked in a dollhouse by crazy murderous rabbits that sounds good yeah <laughs> um i also watched uh what was it called a guide to dying uh, oh yes <clears throat> yes okay i have thoughts on that one you go first okay um 
yeah, it was all right. It was a, it was a little bit mental. The, the, I, the thing that threw me a bit, though, is that I spent part of the time that I was watching it wondering if that actor was Brian Cranston. And then I was like, that can't be, that can't be Brian Cranston. But he really looks like him in like certain certain points in that film. Um, did you think? Yeah, I thought we did at first. Oh, I was funny. like, is this him? Is this... Walt, is that you? Uh, yeah. Uh, and then and then it was like, oh, no, no, maybe it's not. Um, yeah, but then like towards the end, it got very, I don't know, it, it kind of got almost a little bit Twin Peaks-esque uh, mm. when, when, the, when the little fella came in who was, I don't even know what he was meant to be, to be honest. But yeah, I was, I came out of it. I was, I was, I was a bit confused. I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really know what, what exactly had happened. Um, yeah, I, I definitely. That was one of the ones where I kind of went into it without reading the synopsis, and then mm-hmm. went. I, I'm not gonna lie, that was one of the ones where I didn't watch the full thing. I watched about half, and then was like, okay, I get the sense. I get, I get what this is about now. So then I went out and, well, not what it's about. Sorry, I, I get you know, what he's doing yeah. or she, whoever made it, I get what they're doing. Um, uh, so I went out and looked at the synopsis and was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. It, it got, it got weird toward the, towards the end. Um, but I like visually it was quite interesting. Um, yeah. So... Yeah. I thought the, the combination of doing that kind of like playing around with, 360 mixed with kind of like oh actually now the the changing of perspectives and then the fact that you're like kind of disembodied and you're always a voyeur but then you kind of at one point you kind of feel like some of the directing I thought was quite clever because sometimes you think you are him but if you turn around you can see that you're not like Mm. but the, the, the other actor is talking you know past you almost um but yeah yeah I I thought uh as like a kind of a concept, like the idea of, you know, a safe guide to dying. I know we've talked about the whole idea of like mental health and mm-hmm. being a really good topic for this. And I thought there was definitely, there's that's there's something there with that. I think that there is. I'm just not sure. This was very satirical almost. It was kind of, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't meant to be like an emotional kind of drama. You weren't meant to be connected. It was more kind of high concept than that, which I think it kind of achieved, but that's just personally not my cup of tea. So Hmm. yeah. Um, I also watched Satanism. uh, Oh God. Is that the one where you get eaten? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Again. Wasn't expecting Uh, that. (laughs) I must admit like at that part, I did, uh, I did let out a very loud. No, actually, I should probably reword that. I was going to say I did let out a very loud shit, but like <laughs> verbally, verbally, I said shit <laughs> out loud. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, because I was like, ah, oh, stupid. This isn't real. This is fine. And then, uh, yeah, and then the the giant opens its mouth, and you're like, ah, oh, this isn't. This is good. <laughs> um, but it was that yeah, was all right. That was quite that was interesting. Creepy. And it just kind of showed it, it. It almost felt in a way like uh that i was i was on like some sort of theme park ride Mm, like i knew it wasn't real but uh, especially like a simulator type type ride when you know it's not real but you get that feeling that you're being like lifted into the air and stuff like that when you know you haven't left the ground yes um so yeah so that was that was quite i mean and that was nice and short which was good um but i didn't again didn't didn't really know what was going on i just assumed that uh there was a spelling error and it was actually satanism 
I don't know why that intrigued me. Um, I think it would have maybe been a little bit more impactful if I knew what the reference was to, because I know it was a reference, you know, stepping inside a famous painting, but I didn't know the painting. So I think if you, if you knew the painting, maybe it would be a little bit more like, Oh wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know anything about, I mean, I didn't really read anything about these going in. I was just, I was like, let's try them all. all. Um, But the other one I didn't, I didn't watch, but I have, uh, I have already seen it anyway a few months back was um first step um is that the that's the space one yeah that's the that's the one about the apollo missions um i i love that i i think it's great i'm i'm a sucker for anything uh space orientated um and you know space the thing i thought always great yeah definitely i i i was um I was kind of dubious going in because I was like, nah, it's another space piece. And I, I agree with you. I think space works phenomenally in VR and that's why there's so much of it. But because there's so much of it, I was a bit like, oh, hasn't this kind of already been done? But then, then obviously like you get into it and you're like, yeah. holy shit, have they recreated these scenes? Like how mm. have they even done this? It's like they make the archive footage so seamlessly mm. integrated into the scenes. I was, it's funny because um, uh, a friend of mine works for um, the Telegraph and I think, was it last year that it was the anniversary of the moon landing? I think it was. I think it was like the 50 year anniversary last year or something. And she was asking me about doing like a VR piece um related to that and she said to me like oh like would it be possible to take existing archive footage because that's what we've got access to Hmm. and make it 360 and I said to her at the time I doubt it like I couldn't think I was like "Mm, I mean I could explore it but I don't think so because obviously like flat media and 360 is so different like I've never seen it integrated perfectly but then I watched this and I was like they have done this seamlessly like it looks so good and it was the first piece of 360 where it was um stereoscopic and I didn't feel like I I felt like it needed to be stereo like it it works so well and Mm. I never felt sick whereas I think every every other piece I've seen in stereo I was like you know what this doesn't add anything this could have been done monoscopic and I wouldn't feel like my eyes are being fucked yeah yeah it's it's great and um I did actually interview one of the producers of it for uh, one of the Veer events in Allspace. Oh, cool. So probably available on their YouTube or their Facebook. So if anyone's oh, interested to hear how that was made, have a look. Yeah. Actually, that'd be really interesting. Give us uh, the, give us the, do, give us the overview. How did they do that? Uh, I can't remember. It was months ago. Really made a lasting impression. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oh, come on. I had to do those things at like three o'clock in the morning. Oh, that's fast. <laughs> I was sorry. There wasn't an amount of coffee that was uh, keeping me awake <laughs> at that point. I too much to concentrate on. Um, but I do remember it was like, it was a very uh, interesting interview and stuff. And she did go into a lot of detail about how they did it. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. Just evidently not interesting enough for me to remember months down the line. But go check it out, everyone. It's great. Yes. <laughs> go check out all the selection. I think there's um yeah, obviously uh, yeah, and go check out Dan's interview um on Via's YouTube and Facebook channel. But in general, the selection I thought was was really strong. 
Um, although, okay, this is where I'm going to say some things I probably shouldn't be saying Uh-oh. publicly recorded on record. Yeah. But well, you know well. what? Fuck it. Oh. <laughs> wow. I, I just... Uh, I've been going through this little bit. I mean, obviously, I've been having a full-on existential crisis for a good year now, so no surprises (laughs) there. I think at at the core of that crisis, though, is is feeling like like I don't fully belong in the VR world anymore. And I've been trying to, like, drill down into what that means because when I'm, like, on Instagram and I'm interacting with, you know, like the kind of people that will be listening to this when I'm interacting with you guys, when I'm interacting with you, Dan, when I'm interacting with, um, you know, Ben or Hugh or like, you know, people that exist in the kind of online VR community. I feel like I feel happy and I feel like we're all doing good together and we're a real solid community. And I love that. Um, Outside in the kind of the quote unquote real world, though, I feel like the VR industry, especially in the UK, is divided into two camps. It's kind of it's it's the the high arts crowd and the entrepreneurial commercial crowd. And that's two very different kind of audiences. And although the characters in those in those both of those kind of sectors cross over, they are quite separate. And what I find really difficult is I love everyone, (laughs) genuinely everyone that I've ever met in the VR industry has been absolutely lovely. But the more I kind of see content on the festival circuit, the more I network or just chat or just generally connect with the art, the more of the arts crown, the more I think, I just don't know whether I fully belong in this crowd. Because like, you know, with the Tribeca stuff, fifty hmm. percent at least. I was kind of, you know, oh, you know, this is great, and I can technically, I can really appreciate this piece, but it's just not me. I just find it all. I just find art in general. I find it really difficult to wrap my head around, and maybe I'm just basic, but I just find it difficult to. I'm just like, you know, when there's something, and you're just like, I don't know what that was. And an artist can be like, oh, well, that was an interpretation of the divide in society and yeah, how yeah. the the austerity is, is is increasingly, you know, destroying our morals. Like, yeah. and I'm like, you just painted a camp cool. quite late. Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I and I feel like the joke is, I feel like everyone feels like that. But for me, I just find it really difficult to kind of be like, I don't want to make pieces like that. And I love yeah. the people that do. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying like mm-hmm. at all. I, I disagree with that art form because I think it's phenomenal. And if you if you've got an idea like that and you go for it and you believe in it so much that you can put a fucking banana on the wall with a bit of duct tape and call it art and mm-hmm. sell it for whatever that ridiculous art piece sold for, then yep. good on you. Like power to you i love the conversations that i can have with artists i think they're brilliant they are big thinkers but when it comes to what the kind of content i want to make and i want to watch that's just not it like there's not you know what i mean like how how do you feel about that i'm i tell you i'm exactly the same i uh i my friend still mocks me for this to this day years ago uh i went out uh 
just for like the day in London with uh, with a friend because he wanted to go to the Tate on his birthday and I'd never yeah. been at that point. Um, yeah. And that was the first time I'd ever been. Uh, I'd walk around. I didn't really understand it. Again, like, like me and like I said, there was a there was um there was a canvas painted white, literally just painted white, and I was like, oh, but it's white. And then you read the little yeah. thing. It's like, yeah, but it's his white. He created that. No, he didn't. How do you know that? <laughs> like, in, how how could you possibly know that he created that white out of everyone in the world? He did that. Yeah. Um. And then there's just like random stuff, like every like day to day stuff that. They've still got it there now. Is that there's just like three Coke bottles, each like filled to a different degree, and that's it. That's right. the whole. That's the entire thing. It's like, but it's just a Coke bottle. I don't understand yeah. it. And at one point, I was because I couldn't. I got to a point where I didn't even know what was what was part of the exhibition and what wasn't. Um, mm. And at one point, my friend came over, and I was looking at a fire alarm, and I thought it was part <laughs> of the thing. And he was like, what are you looking at that for? And I was like, I don't know. It's just a fire alarm. It's like, I don't get it. And he's like, it's because it is a fire alarm. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. oh, okay. And then there was another, but- and also like that, probably about 10, 15 minutes later, there was this little alcove bit. And there was a guy who looked like a security guard that sat down just like reading a paper. And I was just standing there looking at him. And then he looked around at me. He's like, you all right? You all right, mate? And I it threw me because I was like, oh my God, is he meant to break character? <laughs> and then, uh, but he was actually just a security guard that was just on a, having a break. Yeah. And I was just like, but that, oh, it's part of it. Well, the, well that's it's the thing, though. That's part. the thing with the arts world, right? And then, like, I don't know that maybe it's just like, then you, uh, then it's maybe like you, your own kind of like beating yourself up of like, oh, d- am I just stupid? Do I just not get it? But, uh, mm. but, like from an outside perspective in an art exhibition that could very have easily been an art piece like easily that could have been like some kind of like setup thing mm. a fire alarm could have very easily been like a, that's the thing that I yeah. don't really get and I and I think the joke is what I'm coming to realize because because I've got a lot of friends now that are in that world the more I speak to them the more I realize that they all just agree that they all know that that's what's going on like they all know that that it's a, a little bit ridiculous, hmm. but they do it anyway <laughs> because it's, it's, it's not the, for you. It's for them. And yeah, I find yeah, yeah. that really strange. I, I learned I a long time ago that, uh, you know, d- the, these things are, uh, are subjective, um, mm. you know, and nothing's, nothing's perfect uh, because by that def- definition, it means that everyone in the world will like it. And that's never the case. Um, yeah. But again, it's about what you're interested in. But, it, but does... But because of that, do you do you watch these and feel like that's the kind of stuff that you should be making then? Or I don't feel like it's the kind of stuff that I should be making. But what it that I think there's a reality check in the kind of in the in the um, in the creative VR community. There's this reality check that the only sector that at the moment has a funding available mm-hmm. and b um, an infrastructure that can support VR exhibitions is the arts world, and that uh, mm. that's a generalization for for the UK because obviously that's like what I kind of know about. But you know, venues are already set up with these kind of exhibit like um, 
rooms that you could very easily turn into like a VR exhibition. These uh, venues are very used to kind of having a, a kind of an arts crowd that are willing to take a risk on something new because that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Because someone that goes to the view cinema to watch the latest star wars movie is not the same kind of person that goes to their independent art center just to have a gander at the new exhibit and also in terms of financials um you know in, in a film context and we found this doing like the pop-up vr cinema in a independent arts venue so it was kind of interesting because it, it was like a, a film format in and with a arts audience uh, in an arts venue um and the perception of value is very different. So whereas a film audience is very used to paying between five and ten pounds for a for a cinema ticket for a feature length film. So to try and get them to pay, you know, more than a fiver to come and watch a short film essentially in a VR headset is very, very different to uh, you know, an arts kind of venue, which might pay the artist a set fee of like between 250 and 500 pounds to show their piece. And then it becomes either free or ticketed because it's part of an exhibit. And so mm -hmm. it's financially, um, I think if you want to make original content, there is absolutely no denying unless you're going to go down the games route and go direct to consumer, mm -hmm. you have to kind of be in the world of the arts world. And, and that might change. And obviously yeah, the work yeah. that I was <laughs> pre-COVID <laughs> doing with the BFI was kind of that, was trying to find a way to make uh, bringing VR to a kind of more mainstream, more film-based audience, more accessible. Mm. Um, and, and you know, I think so. So it's not that I feel pressure uh, to make that kind of content, but if you're going to be quote-unquote successful or if you're going to have a piece shown, like even if you, you just want people eyeballs on, on your piece, you have to target at the, at the festival circuit. Mm. Um, and I'm increasingly realizing that the kind of content that I make or the stuff that I'm interested in, I don't know whether it will be it will appeal because the people that are curating and they're brilliant people and they've got mm. great taste but it's an arts audience it's not like you know you don't apply to Sundance Film Festival with a with a VR piece and um get someone and I could be wrong but I'm generalizing here but you don't get someone who is like a film expert curating that you get someone that is an expert in the artistic form of immersive and that's very different because they generally come from an arts background or you know that it's that it's skewed that way and I find yeah. it don't get me wrong I find that really odd because I don't find it odd in the sense of for the reasons why I've just said the financial kind of like model is there but um I find it odd because you think Sundance Film Festival you think it like you know gritty independent scrappy DIY filmmakers that go on to become like these legends and they start with like a shitty film filmed on an iPhone you know it's all about the story it's all about character that is not what works well in VR at the moment and yeah. that's an interesting distinction yeah but then I mean you say about like the the arty stuff that gets in like I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought something like Attack on Daddy would have got into the you know a reputable festival like Tribeca. Oh, really? Like I never would have put those two together. Wh why? Why'd you say that? I don't. I don't know. It just. It just seems. It just seems a bit too out there. 
and a bit too, <laughs> I don't know, it just felt a bit random. Mm. There wasn't really That's... much of a story to it. No, the story like, was just a bit they, weird. Yeah, they go into the dollhouse, like they get kidnapped to go to dollhouse or whatever, they, and then they like, get. How do you, how do you get there? Like, Did like, I? What's happening? <laughs> but that's the point, right? That's the artsy fartsy part. That's not the film. Like a film from a film perspective, it's like, what's the story? In an arts world, it's like it's not about the story. It's about the me- the message. It's about it's about the feeling. Like what's right? I mean, I don't know. That's, what was the I message? Don't know. <laughs> I imagine someone watched this as like, this makes no sense. It's in. I mean, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> kind of. Like, I don't know. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, I mean, that's what it feels like. Not to shit all over, uh, like, the festival circuit, but I do feel no, like no. sometimes you you do, you do, to see that, you see pieces and you go, I think this has gotten in because the person watching it was like, I have no idea what the fuck I just watched. Yeah. It's yeah, perfect yeah. for an arts crowd. <laughs> it's, I, there was, so back in the day, and obviously we've, we've established that I'm old. So this is going back quite a while. Um, but I, yep. I went to uh, an induction day at um, a university in Surrey for a film studies course. Yeah. And um, just before we broke up for lunch, they took us into the editing suite that they had. And there was this girl uh, who was editing her short film, and the guy was like, "Oh, do you mind if we, if you know, if we watch what you've what you've done so far?" And she was like, "Yeah, yeah, no problem." Honestly, I had no idea what was going on. That is, <laughs> there was just four people sat at a picnic table, and this picnic table was like by this cliff or whatever, like the top. And then at mm. one point, uh, I think a guy gets a gun out, and then one of the girls gets up. And then runs and jumps off the cliff. And I'm like, what the hell was that about? Mm. And then they showed <laughs> us another documentary that um, uh, that one of their past students had made about this festival somewhere in this like small town in rural Spain, uh, mm. where once a year they go up, uh, they go up to the top of this hill and uh, let fireworks off during the day. And you're like, all I took out of that was like you don't know how fireworks work. Like <laughs> who's seeing that during the day? Yeah. Like, go overnight. <laughs> go overnight. That's how it works. Like makes no That's sense. Funny. But the only thing, the only thing that intrigued me about it is that the, they said, Oh yeah. And the, um, the, uh, the people that the, the students that made it managed to blag uh, free flights off of British Airways. And I was like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> that's actually legit. Sounds all right. But yeah, in the end, I was just like, you know what? I'm not, I can't be bothered with this because this, like they're making stuff that I had no, in, no interest in making. Doesn't This stuff doesn't really make any sense to me. And uh, mm. this, obviously this is going back to uh, how old I am. This was also around the time <laughs> that um, uh, DVD players were becoming a bit of a thing uh, at, at home. Yeah. 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 I was like, you know what? I'm just going to just buy DVDs and just watch all of the uh, director's commentaries. And oh, I love my, uh, that. Get my education from cool. that. Yeah. Uh, and that's love that. And saved. saved no, I love that. Student loan. But it, well, that's the thing. The thing is, and the, the, the thing that obviously we have to acknowledge is because the VR industry is so young um, and in comparison to cinema, there's no one doing it basically if you compare like on a one-to-one basis um so obviously within cinema there's like film like like me and you we have totally different 
um, taste in movies. And that's great because there's enough content because we're living in such like a, you know, an overwhelming content world now. There's plenty of stuff. But I wonder whether that is harmful to VR because it is a medium that is coming up in a time where we are um, so used to being able to see the content that we want to see. Like me with the Tribeca selection. I'm not going to sit there and watch whatever it would be, like two hours worth of content um, for the sake of watching it. If uh, like I've got I've just, I've, in my head, I perceive my time to be more valuable than that, which is hilarious. <laughs> saying that out loud. But do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm not given everything going watch- on. <laughs> yeah exactly i've got like bare donuts to eat and stuff um, i've got sunshine to enjoy um so i think so i think for me it's like because i'm li- we live in this world where it's like you know your algorithm tailors to you i get you know all the videos that i want to see and i'm not uh, if i'm two minutes into a youtube video and i don't like it i'm not gonna I'm not just to uh, just to kind of pay homage to the the video creator that put it together. I'm not going to watch the full mm. 15 minutes if mm. it doesn't hook me. I'm going to change. And because we're so used to that, because that is our behavior as consumers now, I feel like that's transplanting over to VR. And the difficulty with that is obviously because there's not many people making it, therefore there's not enough um you know, there's not enough selections for people to choose from. And so therefore if someone loves japanese horror are there enough japanese Who is this horror person? vr yeah <laughs> are there enough japanese horror pieces <laughs> to hook that person I like on this VR? yeah yeah you do it get on um but you know what i mean it's kind of like will that do you think that will be harmful for our industry long term um i mean yeah, i agree with you that there's there doesn't really seem to be as much content uh, as I'd like to watch, it's just always the same stuff over and over again. So I end up finding myself revisiting the same things. Um, mm. But then, I don't know. I, it, this is one of the things I was thinking about yesterday because, you know, like we discussed uh, even last episode or the episode before, then we, you know, we watch a lot of YouTube. Um, yeah. Let's face it, who doesn't now? Mm. And I. I'm someone who is very, uh, like I'm very easily, not very, uh, not very easily influenced, but very easily inspired by things I watch. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool yeah. to do something like that. Yeah. Same. Um, and I feel like because of the amount of content that's on YouTube, it keeps changing my perception on things and what my actual interests are. Oh, sorry, I just dropped a pen. Um, that's interesting so i i did another cull of stuff uh and 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 channels that i I watch uh because again and i've said this before it's uh, all the videos just seem the same to me now like in in terms of what is now uh in 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 well in regards to youtube anyways they're the concept of a filmmaker is all these like quick flashy transitions um and it doesn't really it seems to be more style over substance for me. Mm. That's my personal, uh, you know, take on it. Um, and don't get me wrong. Sometimes it looked great. Uh, one guy, Brandon mm. Lee is, is phenomenal at what he does. Um, and his stuff is superb. And I've, I've followed his career for quite a few years now. Um, yeah. but I'll watch his stuff and feel like I should be 
making stuff like that. And it's like, how do I incorporate these flashy transitions into VR? And it's like, mm. probably couldn't really, because it'd be weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's like just everyone puking. Uh, yeah. If I if I had something that was showing at like a a, a big big screen in, um, and then just like everyone simultaneously puking at the same time, just starting puking. Um, like, well, at least you at least you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I think to a degree, they're I'm all like, doing what you wanted them is, to. <laughs> this is not really uh, this is not ideal, but at the same time, it's a little bit funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I don't, but then you sort of think back to. Uh, the the filmmakers that inspired you as a kid that you, that you grew up on, like so for me, you know, being an eighties kid, it's the likes of Spielberg and 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 things like that. And you think, well, they never had any of this. They they obviously, you know, they they had uh, films and filmmakers that inspired them, but it wasn't to the degree like it is now, where it's just all this flashy stuff in your face all the time. Um, mm. So my approach now is just to kind of strip back. Uh, the amount I watch in terms of stuff like that, uh, I don't. Yeah, I'm not, I don't plan on watching any sort of filmmaking tutorials and stuff on YouTube anymore because, again, it's it's just going to show me what to make, what the flavor of the day is. Um, mm, so true, so true. And uh, again, sort of just sticking with Vimeo. Vimeo is going to be my main source of watching stuff that inspires me. Um, and again, everyone has a different thing but it's not flashy transitions in every doc or short film and stuff like that um and i'm hoping that would help uh just you know bring my own visions to any sort of future projects and stuff and not feel like i have to kind of do what everyone else is doing to be relevant if you know what yeah I mean. um, yeah yeah totally i think that's a really good idea and yeah it's like i say it's like you know, you watch all this stuff that is the flavor of the month on YouTube and, you know, I'm trying to think, oh, yeah, how do, how do I do this? But in VR, so, you know, then then bring like a 360 video up to, you know, the standards that regular video is on YouTube nowadays. And you're like, well, I think it isn't the same thing. I, I think I can't remember whether we talked about this offline or um, on a previous podcast episode, but I think um, in essence, what you're scratching out there is the fact that at the moment, a lot of content is based around the tech. It's based around mm. like people go into it with like, well, what can the tech do first? Which to some extent has to be done, I guess, because there are so many limitations. But um, I was thinking about the, you know, the Matt Diavella and Casey Neistat um, kind of ilk of YouTuber who, mm-hmm. yes, their craft is filmmaking, but that is very rarely what they're actually talking about they're very rarely actually talking about filmmaking like with Mm. Matt he talks about obviously productivity and self-development but it's through he's using his love of filmmaking and he experiments with his format to get the point across which is you know which is like the the subject which is totally different to filmmaking Casey Neistat he was the same like even though he's like probably one of the most prolific filmmakers on youtube um Mm. and obviously he had a traditional cinema and tv career before he came to youtube he very rarely did videos that were about like filmmaking yes he would do like tech reviews and he would focus a lot on technology but Mm. really every episode was more like a it was kind of it's a self-contained story about his day or like things that he was Mm. thinking i think that for me has been really interesting is thinking about what or who are the creators in VR that are making 
stuff that feels right to them and feels authentic is something they're actually interested in. Mm. And VR just happens to be the vehicle. Um, and there's probably a shit ton of them. There's probably loads of people yeah, doing yeah. that. But we don't know about them because generally speaking in the VR world, you tend to, uh, you know, just know other VR creators who define themselves by the fact that they work in VR. And I absolutely do that. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. Um, but but moving beyond that, it's like, well, how do we, yeah, how do we get beyond that? And at the moment, I don't think we can purely because the consumers that have VR headsets are either gamers or people that work in VR. Yeah. And there's no in between at the moment. And until we get uh, kind of an early majority where the mainstream starts to, you know, becomes the norm for them. And, you know, to be really honest, I don't know whether that will happen for a long long time like it makes me i've been definitely thinking recently about um i mean i really hate the idea of having to retrain because i'm feeling particularly lazy but uh i've uh, i've definitely been thinking about the early days of 360 and how i remember getting into that and being like holy shit i've got to like learn this whole new format and now i'm wondering whether do i need to open up my skill set again do i need to learn how to create um AR assets can I film someone you know on my phone uh, as like on a kind of green screen background use a software like Holomy or some of the other kind of volumetric things that turns that asset into um you know like a, a little volumetric video that you can then you know is that is that it is that the next thing like because especially with COVID it makes me think you know that the the, the 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 momentum that location-based vr had before all of this mm. happened mm. that is going to be dead in the goddamn water and it sucked but it's the reality that we have to face yep. that if you're not in the if you're, you're if you're in the commercial space i think you're safe if you're in the gaming space i think you're safe because mm. those two things will continue to have momentum in fact they might pick up momentum because vr is more and more important now than ever in those sectors yeah. but if you are a creator if you are looking to make original content is now the time that you need to be thinking about pivoting or expanding and using those skills that you've learned in vr and translating them to spatial storytelling in all formats so that's mobile ar that could be you know ar glasses when they arrive in the next few years like just kind of thinking about that is something that i've been kind of thinking about for a while now because i think the writing is on the wall that that is the next move for for kind of for consumers anyway that will be the next wave that will be the next um you know from from pictures to motion picture from motion picture to television from television to content creators on youtube is that next thing going to be spatial storytellers who you know come out of the screen and stuff that exists in your real world i don't know but it's definitely something that i'm thinking about interesting mm. what's your opinion on things like storytelling with ar and things i mean i've know i've never seen it done well to so be honest that's I've, good. I've, I've never really thought about it um mm. i'm not i'm not massively technical if i'm honest yeah me neither um and it's i think that was that was one of the things that i struggled with when when i was uh still doing you know standard marketing videos and things like that having to sort of wear all the hats yeah um whereas i just want to sort of focus on what's going on like on camera 
rather than have to worry about, yeah. you know, have I got all these settings right? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, have I hit yeah. record on the audio recorder or this? Um, so, yeah, no, I haven't really thought about AR storytelling, to be honest. Um, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at the moment now, I've, I've guess I've like, especially yesterday, I've kind of accepted that, uh, in terms of business and stuff like that, this year is probably going to be a bit of a write-off. Yeah. Um, and in some ways I find that quite free. And so like, you know, it's, it's probably worth finding a, another source of income for the time being. But mm. then because my outgoings are low, I don't have to bring in a massive amount. And obviously we can't That's go out great. anywhere. So I haven't got money to spend. <laughs> don't have to yeah, spend any money yeah. and stuff. I've got nowhere to go. Um, yeah. And all the trips I had planned this year uh, are dead in the water. So that's going to save me some money. So then it leaves me free time to actually uh, work on creative projects and, uh, and things that I'm passionate about. So I've started making lists and stuff. I've already started writing the um, the, the anthology uh, the VR anthology series that I spoke about before, um, yeah. and my cousin's on board to uh, do the the music for it and stuff, which is awesome because he's a crazy talented musician, and it makes me sick. Alex it makes me sick. <laughs> so talented. talented people are the worst. Um, <laughs> so so yeah, um, so busy working on that, um, and some yeah some other things. So in some ways, I, I don't know. I feel like. Because I think I was prior to this, I was spending most of my time. You, you think about the business side and how you're bringing money in and stuff like that. You don't, I don't know that that kind of overtakes everything else for me personally. And mm. I'll think more about that than the actual creative stuff. Um, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I never get to work on the stuff I want to work on. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm too busy thinking about how I bring money in. But if there's something else yeah. that takes takes that away from uh like you know takes it off my hands then i can focus all my free time on that um Hells yeah so yeah so that's that's my that's my plan for the rest of the year um so there's there's, awesome. there's a fair amount of 360 projects i've already started like document documenting my day-to-day -day in uh 360 anyway my oh yeah my quarantine yes, your quarantine diaries so yeah i've already started that I don't, That's really cool. The thing cool. is, as well, is thinking about that. It's like I, I can't go anywhere. So is it really going to be that interesting? But I guess kind of find. Well, out. I guess it'll all be about like the thoughts that you're having. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, um, yeah, it will I be interesting. Yeah, you pull that together further down the line. Um, mm. Whenever that may be. Again, it's like one of those things. Like I don't know how this will end. <laughs> because oh my god flash yeah, forward to 2021 and we're like yeah. so uh day number 1600 yeah. like, like i can't do math i've got like a full, full tom year, hanks but... beard <laughs> <laughs> yep wilson <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. no well we'll we'll yeah. we'll play it by yeah i'm gonna um i'm gonna have to run because i've just yes. realized i'm meant to be on a call but um but yeah, I think we've covered some interesting stuff and I know that uh, we wanted to talk about like pitching and things like that, but yes, it definitely felt right. like, we can do yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do that in the, in the next episode. And I think there was a couple of other things that uh, people have suggested that they wanted us to talk about. Cool. So maybe we'll actually get round to that at Ooh, some point in the next fun. couple of weeks. Awesome.
Well, for uh, now, thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, Dan, thanks. it's been fabulous as always. Hasn't it? Hasn't it just? Always. You can I feel like find. We've had a bit uh, of a grown-up conversation this week. I we didn't even ramble once, and I'm. Pff, I mean, everyone's we listening. Did we? Like, we think we're on a, on a uh, massive tangent. These two definitely self-aware. I feel like we got into some some good weeds. We yeah. got into the weeds today. We got into some detail, and it was yeah. it felt very therapeutic and good. Very good. Go us. Yeah. The last minute's just us congratulating well, ourselves. If, if that isn't worth a good <laughs> review on iTunes, I don't know what is. You can leave us a five star review or whatever star you want to give yeah. us. That would be great. Uh, find us on Instagram. I'm Alex Makes VR, and I am Daniel K Hatton. And we will I I see like you <laughs> in the next one. Bye. Stay safe. <laughs>